Coming to you live from Plug Hit Studios in beautiful Largo, Florida, we are keeping you plugged in with episode 450 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. This week, BlackBerry gives up devices, Microsoft announces new protections, and Twitch changes up advertising. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here. And wherever you are and however you may be accessing our show, whether it be Facebook, iTunes, the Podcast Play app in the Windows Store, on Stitcher or Livestream, or of course on our apps, pluckitslive.com slash apps. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us. If you are joining us live, which you can do Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time by going to f5live.tv slash join us. That means that you can chat with us right now in the chat room, uh, which is always a lot of fun because uh, we can take your input on the topics, which is for us is a lot of fun because it allows us to uh, to really make the show more interesting for you. So uh, f5live.tv slash join us Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, of course, if you're not joining us live, that's okay. You can subscribe to the show by going to F5 Live and clicking the subscribe buttons on the right-hand side. From there, you can get to F5 Live Refreshing Technology, The Pilch Point with Avram Pilch, um, our first look show, which is back next week. Uh, Saturday, we will be doing a show from the off-season event of Roboticon. And uh, you can also get some of our, some of our new content such as the uh, new product Launchpad, which is coming with new episodes very, very soon. So, I guess with that, Avram, how are you doing? Good. It's been an interesting week for me. Uh, been, uh, been good. Well, that's good so, to hear. What's so the, you been working on? Anything interesting? So the plugin that we talked about last week uh, got picked up by a few uh, sites that covered it. So we have close to 700 people using it now, which is pretty cool uh, and giving me lots of comments about it. So uh, if you're interested in something that will mute out, that will allow you to, to get to fine tune what tabs and what uh, sites are allowed to play audio in your Chrome browser, uh, check out Silent Site Sound uh, Sound Blocker because that's uh, my, my plugin and uh, that's been cool. And then uh, this weekend, I got to play with. Uh, I've been doing a, uh, been working on, and uh, this will be live this week. Uh, coverage of the two leading um, robotic or you know artificial intelligence uh, toy car things with my son, the Hot Wheels AI and the uh, Anki Overdrive. And, and wow, I just have to say, <laughs> if you want to have a lot of fun. The, the Anki, the, both of them are, are fun, but the Anki Overdrive is like another level of cool. So I, I highly recommend that as a uh, holiday gift for someone. Um, so, uh, so it's been, so it's been, it's been an interesting time. <laughs> we, we were talking about uh, how we were hoping that this one was going to, to fare versus the Hot Wheels one, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, the bottom line is, and listen, if you have kids or if you just like to play with, with like, slot cars, uh, like, 
these are two fun options. You know, my son loves cars. He's obsessed with them. So we just put together his Hot Wheels bed uh, today. So, you know, so, I, you know, he was a good tester for these. And, like, you know, he liked the Hot Wheels because it was easy to use with a controller and you don't need any uh, mobile devices with the Monkey Overdrive, which requires an app on Android or iOS. So it means each player has to have a, a device. Um it's like another level because it's like a video game in real life. You're like you're driving these cars around the track. You're shooting at your opponent. Like it's uh, it's really cool. So anyway, fun. Um, <laughs> and with something like that, that's the most important part is that it'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a lot of fun. I highly rec- highly recommended with this holiday gift season coming up. Well, that's that's great because uh, honestly, like for me, a recommendation from you on something like that is is kind of big yeah it's 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 isaac approved my son is like calling out for it in the middle of the night and he starts like the other day started mumbling in his sleep about side loading it was hilarious because you can't the one weakness of it is you can't run it it you doesn't appear in the amazon app store and he has a kindle fire so i told him i had to try and side load it on your thing and he's like oh daddy's gonna side load it but we don't know if it's gonna work because you need the google store <laughs> that's adorable i yeah. love that <laughs> he's he's, he's learning son. just enough <laughs> he's learning just enough about how this stuff works to be frightening yes oh my goodness oh well i i personally want to play around with it now because you've said such good things about it so i'm gonna have to find i will have i shot a lot of video awesome us playing it and i have to actually stitch it together because it's all b-roll and do like sure. a script but that's my goal for one of my goals for this week so uh when i do i hope folks will check it out i definitely will because uh then you can see how much fun it is actually to play i i definitely will be checking that out on that note i guess we should probably talk about topics what do you think yeah Let's get started. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you are a small business, a developer, a student, a gamer, the Microsoft Store has something for everybody. New Xbox One S, of course, is available right now. The Gears of War 4 bundle available now. There's actually a number of uh, wonderful bundles available right now. I love the red uh, Xbox One, by the way. Uh, You can also save $100 on Surface Pro 4 with select type covers, in particular the NFL type covers. Uh, deals on PCs and surfaces and all kinds of stuff and you can find out about all those deals by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft so Blackberry (laughs) it's a company obviously we've had to talk about a lot over the last couple of years because um, their future has been questionable uh, quarter after quarter of uh, problems and CEO and upper management changes and nobody has quite 
seem to figure out what to do with the company. We know that recently they started releasing Android phones with the BlackBerry name on them. And uh, the most recent one being the uh, DTEK50, the DTEK50, which for anybody who has paid attention was an Alcatel Idol 4 with a different back and the BlackBerry logo on it instead of the Alcatel logo. Uh, Well, it turns out that that signaled a shift in strategy for the company. No longer will BlackBerry be uh, internally designing, manufacturing uh, hardware with their name on it. They will be licensing their name to third parties, such as Alcatel, to produce uh, BlackBerry-branded devices. Those devices will come with uh, BlackBerry's um, more secure version of Android. It'll come with their um, their productivity suite, you know, BlackBerry Messenger and things like that. Uh, so it'll still it'll be like buying a BlackBerry. It'll have the the consistent experience, um, but they will no longer be building it, which is similar to how Google has actually dealt with their own Android brand, the Nexus, in that. They have not exactly they they have had other companies build under their name with the pure Google experience. And so BlackBerry is having other companies build under their name with the BlackBerry experience, which I think is a good move for them. Well, first of all, um, I believe I read somewhere that they are going to manage to have keyboards still, though, right? On, on a number of the devices. Yes, they have not killed their keyboard off. And uh, from what I understand, they're going to license that uh, that keyboard design as well. So, you know, the company that builds for the mass will be willing to put a keyboard on it because there's very few, uh, very few devices outside of BlackBerry that have keyboards anymore. Yeah. Um, you can find some in the, like the bargain bin, at, you know, at the carrier store sometimes, but... The, you know, to my dismay, because I love the keyboard. Me I too. Love the keyboard. I, I, I still miss it every day. You know, but I couldn't. I couldn't continue. I had a um, the last uh, keyboard phone I had was like a what was it? A Samsung Stratosphere or something like that. And it was like so much worse than the touchscreen phones at the time. It had all kinds of problems with it, like rebooting itself periodically, things like that. But I desperately wanted to keep it because it was because it had a keyboard, but I, I just had to give it up. Uh, but uh, you know, it's amazing how many how few companies actually do make anything. I mean, I was surprised. The thing that surprised me most about the story was like, oh, they still are ma- manufacturing, designing their own stuff. <laughs> Holy cow! Or or is it that they're designing it? They weren't manufacturing it because nobody manufactures anything. Right. Like, I think there's like three companies. I mean, Foxconn manufactures things. Uh, Asus manufactures things under their Pegatron uh, brand. Um, a lot, a lot of companies like this is true. In, I think this is true in the phone world as it is in the uh, uh, in the world of PCs. Uh, don't make you know. Don't actually control the factory or, or anything like that. Not only do they not control the factory and people who work there, but a lot of times they're buying a design off the shelf from an ODM or original design manufacturer. So I think I think the question is, I mean, presumably the flagship devices, the good devices are designed by those companies. 
but you know you might be surprised that you know there are things that you know may or may not be actually made by the company you think they're made by so uh yeah blackberry a great a great example of that using uh blackberry as an example is the original uh uh, Kindle Fire, which was actually a BlackBerry playbook. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh man, the playbook. I have oh, one of those man. around here somewhere. It's taking me back. I had one. I forget what happened to it. I think I gave it to somebody or something happened to it, which is a shame because I, I liked the screen on it. Yeah. And the operating system was pretty looking. I just like, you know, the icons look nice, but there wasn't much I could do with it yeah man i went to a couple of blackberry events where like for years they were touting that thing as if it was like the most important device um and uh what an about face so (laughs) you know i think i think it's uh every time we talk about blackberry i'm amazed that they're still in business uh so i'm amazed that they were still actually doing this design work on hardware um although people do you know, who like their phones, like that keyboard, and, and they like that sort of business feel to it. Uh, so, you know, I hope for their sake that somebody else uh, really takes that and runs with it. Uh, they might even make a better phone because people weren't that excited about the Priv. Yeah. Um, they have actually yeah. already announced. Now, is anybody still going to have BlackBerry phones? See, that's. That's the thing that they're going to have to deal with, right? Is whether or not people are going to be interested in purchasing a phone with the BlackBerry branding on it because they have let the brand languish to this point. Um, but, you know, if they're able to if they're able to do it right, I think they'll be able to uh, to bring themselves back. They've already got um, a partnership with a hardware manufacturer uh, who wants to build BlackBerry devices. So that's a good starting point for them. Yeah. I mean, you know, someone could, I mean, the brand, despite the fact that it's been like, you know, laughed at and made fun of for like the last seven years or something like that, uh, you know, for many years because of it sort of fall, being a leader and falling behind, you know, it still has a lot of respect from people. And, if someone could take that and capture it, um, you know, it was something that was really great. I think, uh, I think people would, people would take note. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think there's, I think there is for sure room, uh, in the market for BlackBerry, especially if BlackBerry wants to be like the company who takes security on Android seriously. Also, I think, also, this is somewhat of a divergence, but let me just say uh, another big thing that happened this week or continue to happen this week is erosion of confidence in the Android leader, Samsung. So yeah. I think there may be an opening. That's I don't true. Know if the opening is really for BlackBerry, although Samsung was really touting their security with their Knox security. You didn't see that type of uh, pitch from an HCC or even really Google uh, or Motorola. So you know, I think I think there is an opportunity. I think there's opportunities for others to make gains when Samsung has really, really uh, shot themselves in the foot with this uh, with this Galaxy Seven Galaxy Note Seven 
uh, battery thing. So. And and honestly, if if that weren't enough, just the confidence in Samsung as a whole as either their washers or dryers are starting to do the same thing. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to mention this, but my I have that washing machine. That I ha I own that washing machine. Oh no. Yes, I own that washing machine, uh, and we didn't like it. Like it got great review. This is a this is a textbook study and why you should read user reviews on Amazon when you buy something. In addition to editorial reviews from from experts like us, uh, but we don't review <laughs> at Tom's Guide and Laptop Mag, where I am the online editorial director. We do not review uh, wa- appliances like washing machines. Uh, so when I was shopping for washing machine a couple weeks ago, I, a few couple months ago, I was looking at um, you know, like Consumer Reports, and they didn't have this one, but they said like Samsung is is like the top rated brand. And then they had, and and then you know I looked at Home Depot and they had user reviews, and this was getting like four and a half five stars. So we bought it, uh, and like after we use it for like three weeks, it started flooding the basement. Yeah, I remember this. And we couldn't get it fixed, and we couldn't get it fixed. Uh, finally, we got someone to someone from the place we bought it from. To the third time they came by, they actually agreed that it was really leaking, and we weren't just like trying to pull one over on them by flooding the room. I don't know why they would think that we're faking it. Uh, and so they got some kind of pump to replace in it. But then, when we found these problems, we looked on Amazon, and this thing is getting like. Amazon's user reviews, is, it's getting like one star Ooh. and all these people saying that it was exploding. And I'm actually, that th- this news came out this week that that is, I think, only because of the attention that's being paid to Samsung's quality control because of the Note 7. Right. But people have been complaining on Amazon about this literally for over a year Whoa. that this machine is exploding. So, and having pictures of theirs exploded. So if I had seen that before I bought it, I would have I wouldn't have bought it. No I kidding. I obviously wouldn't have bought it. And you know, that it's taken them this long to say something about it and for the media to cover it is is actually uh, scary because it's it's not just it didn't just suddenly happen. It's been it's been going on for a while. And the washing machine and the world is only, 2011. And the world is only paying attention to it now because they're paying attention closer attention to Samsung as a whole. Yes. Uh, but uh, this is this is uh, this is as bad. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is probably as bad. I don't know what's worse, like to have your phone explode or to have your washing machine. Uh, well, technically, it doesn't catch fire. It just shoots the the uh, the basin just shoots right out and flies across the room uh, with screws and whatever. So don't be in the room with it. <laughs> Whoa! You might die. <laughs> or get seriously injured. Wow, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, well, it doesn't happen to mine. Uh, all, all of that brings us back to there's a confidence pro- there's a confidence problem with Samsung, and it seems like for yes. good reason. Yes, BlackBerry didn't do anything like that. Right. The worst thing BlackBerry's ever done is had an outage on their BES server a few years ago. Right. For like two days. So and the playbook. <laughs> yes, but they didn't do anything like it's just lame. But they didn't have a quality control problem like this, right? Turning it on was um, pretty difficult. So there, there was a design problem with it, but that's a different issue. 
Yes. So anyway, to make a short story long, <laughs> I think there is an. I think there. I think the people have lost faith in Samsung. Are losing faith in Samsung. There's an opening in the Android space for others to step in, and BlackBerry could have themselves a niche, particularly if the other, if the company making the hardware for them, does a better job uh, than does a better job than they were doing by themselves in the past. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch um, as this story has been for years interesting to watch. Um, a turnaround will not be quick. It will be a long process. But like we said, I, I suspect that if any move from BlackBerry was going to be successful, this is the one that's going to do it because like – Abram and I were talking about earlier BlackBerry has always been a software company they were forced to make hardware because nobody else was making smartphones at the time it was it was Palm and Motorola and what was at the time UT Starcom and is today HTC um, that was basically the world of smartphones that BlackBerry entered into by the so, way if Alcatel, Alcatel, if you're listening, or, you know, here's what you could do to make me get a BlackBerry. Bring back some of those features that people loved on the really old Blackberries, like the trackball. Uh, I was just going to say, either the trackball or the side roller. Both. Things that people loved the, about the I Blackberries. The side, the side roller I love the most of all, to be yeah. honest. It's almost, it's almost too good. Like, you could go through your inbox and you scroll. And sh- oh, man. Yeah. And you didn't, there. you didn't have to constantly be moving around it was a one-handed process and not a two-handed process yeah yeah for sure that i'd love to see those rollers start coming back yeah of of all the blackberry things to have been lost i'd love to see that side roller come back yeah the side roll bring the side roller bring the trackball both of them not the not the little optical trackpad the roller ball the roller ball Bring the, I mean, but the, the side scroller was the best. Yeah, Absolutely for sure. Absolutely best. Definitely. <laughs> this week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products. The headphones I have on my head right now, the Monster Elements. A wonderful set of a of both corded and Bluetooth in one. Uh, they're they're wonderful over ear, uh, but not everybody likes over ear. The good news is Monster has on ear, in ear, boom boxes, Bluetooth speakers, and of course all the cables and accessories to connect them. To find the uh, the headphones that fit your style, you can go to f5live.tv/monster. Music means that it is time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Abram Pilch. Abram, there you are. I'm here still. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, wow, it's it's been an exciting week at uh, Tom'sGuide.com and LaptopMag.com, where I'm the online editorial director. It has been an exciting uh, week outside of that for me personally because I my uh, my plug-in which is a totally personal project silent site sound blocker has gotten almost 700 
user, so it's cool to have written something that actually people use it. Uh, and and we ha- and I had a very interesting story this week. Uh, interesting to me, anyway. Uh, and <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll leave the judgment to the rest of you. Uh, where I wrote about a uh, something that Dave Coplin. Microsoft's chief envisioning officer, which I guess is their futurist predictor, uh, had uh, um, uh, about the future of the keyboard uh, in an interview he did with the Evening Standard. And uh, I seized on this and I've gotten some interesting uh, feedback, including from him. Uh, so the, the keyboards are pretty ubiquitous piece of equipment it's been around since before the computer so he said something which implies then we tweeted back at me he said something like well they didn't they didn't uh they didn't understand him in the evening standard okay. so i'm actually going to see if i can actually talk to him directly uh about this but let's take the premise for a second uh depending on what whether he thinks this or not because other people do think it anyway to unbundle this, the story said keyboards, the QWERTY keyboard is from the Victorian era. Uh, people, been, you know, it's t- uh, in the future, uh, it, you know, we have these great computers, but we're using this Victorian era thing to input into them. Uh, in the future, it's going to be other types of input uh, that are going to reign. So things like voice input, gesture input, uh, facial recognition input and things like uh, like bots that predict what you want. And what concerns me, and I said this in the article, is you're going to pry this keyboard here from my cold, dead hands. Um, it's bad enough that we're losing physical keyboards in a lot of cases and now have virtual ones uh, on, on screen, but the keyboard is still and as far as i can see it until they get to actually you know connecting to your brain directly the best input method for writing um uh, so because we just don't talk the way that we write i'm so much more eloquent when i can like think about what i'm writing and erase things with the backspace and, and whatever uh than i am here on the show where i'm actually talking right and i think uh, when people are the most eloquent, it's when they're actually writing a speech. So we just don't talk the way that we write. And if you do, and if everything is based on speech recognition, you're going to, you're not going to be as articulate in your writing if you're just speaking into a microphone. Period. You know, yes, there are people who drag and dictate who who do this all the time, and but they're also every time they they say something, are they going to, oh, I didn't like that word, backspace, backspace. It's slow, it's clunky, even if it could recognize everything that you said with great accuracy. Um, it's just faster and easier and and more likely for you, for you to use your best word choices and style choices if you're typing. But I can see where he's coming from because there's a real movement toward other forms of input to stop you from typing. And one of them just appeared, Google Allo. Have you tried Google Allo? Um, I personally have not. Uh, it's So far it has not uh, proven interesting to me. Here's what's interesting about it. 
I, I, you know, it's, it's horrifying. Uh, but it's not, it's not actually like the fact that you chat because other, it's the chat client like Facebook. It's like yet another chat client that nobody wanted. But, um, and apparently iOS mess, uh, messenger does this too. So, uh, it does this on a lesser scale. It recommends things for you to say. So you're having a conversation with someone and you ask them a question and it, it gives you, it gives the recipient like three possible answers. Like I tried sending one to someone saying, will you marry me? And it like came up with like, yes, no, maybe, you know, uh, or it my, works with pictures my, too. My watch does a little bit of that when I, when I respond to text messages, like if it recognizes that it's a question, it'll give me yes and no as an option. But obviously the full keyboard is the first option. You have yeah, to swipe I mean, past yes. the full keyboard to get to. I mean, yes and no, like yes and no question. Obviously that's pretty straightforward, but you know, there's other things like there was there, you know, there was one where I sent a picture, just a picture message of, of my son and my friend who got it, he got back like a bunch of possible responses. All cute. Isn't that cute? Have fun. Mm. So now it's coming up with the with the small talk for you. <laughs> right? That's so weird. I'll have my bot talk to your bot. So like what if he says all cute and then the response to me is, oh, thanks. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this. Yeah. I'll have my bot talk, talk to your bot. And let's be honest, you know, maybe those sentiments are okay. So you look at that and you're like, well, I could type, uh, I think that's cute or what a cutie or something. You know, I could yeah. type something similar, but, oh, you have one right here. You have an answer right here for me, which kind of expresses what I was going to say. So I'm just going to tap it. And, and then we're all saying the same things and we're letting yeah. the computer talk for us. And at that point, it's just Google talking to Google. Right. And, <laughs> I think that's kind of frightening. Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of frightening, not just for us giving up control, because I guess you're still behind the scenes picking the one of three things you want to say, three suggested things you want to say, but you're you're not going to say it in your voice. Your voice is you trying to pick the words, even yeah. if those words are not that original, they're your words, you know? And we see this happen all the time, like, devaluing social experiences. I think one of the things that's, that is really going, you know, the value of happy birthday because of Facebook is like zero. Uh-huh. Right. I refuse to participate in it. I've stopped. I've generally stopped participating in it. Now, when you think about it, it's kind of a scam and it's a long, it's kind of a sham and it's along the same, the same lines as, as what we're talking about with, with aloe. Right. Uh, your Facebook reminds you of people's birthdays, but it used to matter that you remembered, right? It used to be like, I remember getting calls from people on my birthday. Oh, you remembered. Now the Facebook reminds them so they can then write happy birthday on my wall. And, and gives them in the notification, gives them a text box to write in. Right. But here's a better one. Did you know there is an app and this makes perfect sense because it's the next step called birthday buddy that will automatically do it for you <laughs> there it is actually i think a chrome extension called birthday buddy that will do it for you it's so, pretty funny it's an idea that has bounced around 
this well not this building the old office for a number of years so like there you go but mostly as a joke because what a terrible idea except it makes sense in the context of something like oh you're just gonna type happy birthday anyway what do i have to hit all those letters (laughs) all what is it 12 you know right (laughs) of letters my hand's getting sore with three people a day you know (laughs) Uh, you know so it's this is this is why i think the keyboard is still really important yeah because it's your way of composing things of composing things in your voice at least it was your happy birthday right (laughs) at least it was your all cute or whatever maybe it would be something a little more original uh so it greatly concerns me that there's that there's a future in which we're making the input the input so so easy and so automated that you're not forced to to really think about what you're saying and put it in your own words like oh these words are just good enough right it's good enough to say all cute i don't need to think of anything better so that that was my uh that was my point now Uh, it's interesting because for me uh when i when i write the articles for our site interestingly i've never done it when i've written for laptop mag but i always do it for our stuff probably because the content's very different um i use cortana to dictate the general premise but then i go back through with mouse and keyboard and and change things because i never feel like what i have dictated is great but it gets my brain started on the topic for me to basically go back and rewrite it yeah i mean i i really want to clarify i don't think voice recognition should never be used it's right bad and and there's some people who really need to use it, like they, they their hands are hurting, whatever. They they don't have the ability to use a keyboard mm-hmm. uh, for some reason. Um, it's not it's not a bad thing. It's a great technology. It has a lot of uses, hands free, uh, and and for some it's going to be a good starting point. But I think if you rely on that only when you can type, it's going to lessen. You know, I think there's actually two pro- there's actually two things. Speaking, as long as it doesn't auto suggest your words, uh, is going to give you control of your voice. But the difficulty of like backspacing in speech, and it's always going to be difficult because come on, I mean, like you're not looking at so you yeah. backspace, backspace. You know, right? The how, how do you convert from dictation to command? Yeah, um, the difficulty of that, it works. But I think people are going to be like, oh, let me just that word is good enough. Let's just let it go. Um, so. Uh, so I think that, you know, we write differently than we speak. And if it's too much of a pain to, to edit, like to edit with your voice, you're just going to edit less. And in these other mediums, the other problem is just predicting for you, uh-huh. like make, giving you an easy way out. Um so call me an old fogey, uh, but I think it's I think that words matter, and owning your your words. What do they used to say on Hooked On Phonics? People judge you by the words you use. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so anyway, that's my that's uh, that's my two cents, and I'm sticking to it. Um, 
you know, certainly the QWERTY keyboard uh, in terms of that layout was uh, very ingrained in us, but, uh, you know, there have been better layouts of the mm. keys, uh, such as the Dvorak keyboard. You, you mean I, a keyboard that was specifically designed to slow people down in typing? There's better designs than that? Huh. You know, I think that may be a apocryphal about this specifically slowing people down, but it does slow people. It is slower than the others. I think the problem is you start learning Dvorak and then like you go to someone else's computer and you get all messed up. So you can't do anything. So I think that's why those are never going to catch on. But uh, for those who you can make change your settings for those who want to go out of their way and do it. uh, I, I salute you uh, because you're probably typing faster and I'm all about typing faster. You certainly are. You, you, (laughs) you are big on, like saving every millisecond there is, which is one of the things I love about you. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's even, it's the principle, you know, I can't, I just can't stand like humans should not do computers work. The computers work is rolling and clicking things, you know? So if it's a keyboard shortcut or something else like that, yeah, a human should not do a computer's work and a computer should not do a human's work there. Um, Humans work is coming up with intelligent things to say. Uh, a computer's work is doing auto, is doing uh, intel, you know, doing automated tasks and calculations and even AI and deep learning. Anyway, so stick with. So I hope I'll still have my. I hope we'll still have have keyboards and even ones that make noises like this <laughs> in the near future. Uh, yeah, there there are times when non-clicky keyboards are good. I like that this one is nice and quiet. For when I'm here in the studio, but yes, I'm with you. I have a very clicky keyboard for my programming computer, so yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. So before we get going, Abram, uh, let them know where they can read more of your stuff. So you can check out this story and other stories about uh, laptops and productivity and tablets at laptopmag.com. Check out tomsguide.com for other types of gadget stories including this week we'll have uh, some stories about uh, the best uh, robotic car racing uh, toys uh, the Anki Overdrive and the Hot Wheels AI hot for both hot for this holiday season uh, and on tomsguy.com and you can check me out on the Facebook or on the Twitter at, at Geek in Chief fantastic well Obviously, for this segment, that will do it. You'll be around for the rest of the main show. Uh, but we will not be live next week. Uh, we will be back in two because next week is First Looks. So uh, for that, we will see you in two weeks. week's extra life on f5 live is proudly powered by taped comics a family-owned and operated comic toy and more store in lauderhill and boynton beach florida um one of the things that's 
the most fun about the store. Uh, it's, it's always fun to go see the stuff they've got in there, but their events are a tremendous amount of fun. We've uh, traveled down there for them in the past. Their next one is their Monster Tent Sale, October 15th and 16th, uh, the weekend after Roboticon, which is wonderful. Uh, you'll be able to find deals on all kinds of stuff they offer. And they've also got a really cool um, boutique and gallery upstairs, uh, Baron Bird, which if you're in the area, it's just worth checking out in general. Uh, to find out more about the event and to get directions, you can go to tapescomics.com. I am a big fan of their gallery upstairs. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, let's talk. I have to go down there just to check it out. It sounds cool. Oh, it's it is an incredible facility. I I go every opportunity I get. Um, so video games occasionally have problems. Um, we know, you know, sometimes the hype is greater than the product. For example, um, we know that Niantic struggled when Pokemon Go came out a couple of months ago with server crashes every couple of minutes. You couldn't stay in the game for more than 15 or 20 minutes before the whole system would collapse. It was a big problem. Maxis nearly destroyed the SimCity franchise when they launched the most recent one because you had to have online access and their servers kept crashing for a game that you weren't playing online. You had to have online access. It was a real pain in the butt, um, especially when their servers sucked. So, you know, sometimes the hype and the game don't necessarily match up. Uh, that has been the case with the game No Man's Sky. Um, it has had trouble since before it came out. Uh, the graphics that were originally promised were not the graphics that were in the game. Uh, if you go back and watch the trailers uh, from you know big presentations, the, the visuals are photorealistic of these creatures. And then when, when you get to the actual game, most of them appear to be deformed, um, genetic mutants, just bad. Uh, the landscapes are unpleasant. And uh, the game has apparently not been all that much fun either as the active number of players on Steam has officially dipped below 1,000. Well, <sighs> when is it being canceled? <laughs> right? When is it being canceled? Probably, if it's not canceled, it'll be canceled. That, see... Uh, soon. And and that's the thing that kind of everybody suspected. You know, people used the, uh, the new return policy from Steam. The timing on it could not have been better to actually return the game. Other people have just given up on it altogether. The CEO... Is it the CEO of Sony? No, the president of Sony uh, uh, Gaming Division, I believe, said in an interview essentially that he was hoping that someday the game might be fun to play, but that it was a mess right now. And you they know. don't have a hand in the game. They're not even involved in it. Other than it came out on the PlayStation, 
<laughs> and you know, Sony had to weigh in. <sighs> it's been a little bit of an awakening for me the last few months. Uh, I admit, I'm just admit, I've not been a big gamer, uh, even though I know so many people are. Uh, how tied to online, even like the mo- even the most basic games are these days. Mm-hmm. So when my son and I started playing, you know, we got an old PlayStation Three and started playing a bunch of games. Like, hey, wow, that like there's an on like there's an online element, an online community that for this, for this game, mm-hmm. and you have to unlock things or buy them online. And wait a second, if they decide to take the servers offline for this game I bought that's five years old, it may be unplayable. Uh-huh. Right now, take it to something that's much more about online interaction, like a No Man's Sky. Right, uh, and like there's a cost to running it, to continuing it. Right, they can't just let it sit. Right, right for those to those thousand people who are using it, <laughs> like just let them use it. Okay, who cares? I mean, it it, it costs money for them, right? So, yes. at a certain point, every game is going to be canceled. It's just sooner or later, isn't right. it? Like it's like television, right? Like every now and again, you'll have a show that lasts for forever and won't die, like NCIS. That's sort of like yeah. the World of Warcraft of television. <laughs> NCIS or the Law and Orders. I'm not going to insult the Law and Orders though, because I I love the original Law and Order. Uh, yeah, but the the show wouldn't go. I mean, until it, uh, just a couple years ago, wouldn't go yeah. away. Now twenty now plus seasons. The franchise still hasn't gone away. Right. Yeah. It was 20 seasons, and then they replaced it with Law & Order Los Angeles, which was a crime because that was gone after one season. Uh, and so there you go. Sometimes they last a season, and sometimes and sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes they go 20, or sometimes Saturday Night Live, that seems to be. Right. So this, <sighs> this is not Saturday Night Live. No. This is more like one of those shows that's on Fox for two episodes and is gone. So... Uh, <laughs> Only unlike Firefly oh. or something, no one's going to no one's going to miss this when it's gone. Did so? You, did you just compare this to a Fox live action comedy? That's so rough. Wait, <laughs> you call Firefly a live action comedy? No, no, no. But you you said that it's like one of those Fox shows that lasts two episodes. Yeah, that, yeah. that's how all of their live action comedies go. Yeah, Fox is like you know we don't need to get off but they they seem to be the quickest canceler uh-huh. around they have some great shows and they just yeah. real quick we're gonna cancel it uh and i i think it's the same with games there's gonna be some who stick with some companies who stick with their game for a while but you know this game i mean a thousand users i wouldn't be surprised if before we talk again it's canceled uh because no one can i i mean they obviously invested a lot of money in it mm-hmm. but you know, at a certain, but it's the same maxim. How much money do people spend on television shows right. to bring them into production and, and whatever? And oh, after five, ten episodes, this is just doing terrible. I'm canceling it. Uh, so, you know, I'm sorry, but if you're running the mixology of, of uh, games, <laughs> then you're, uh, then you're, you know, it's not going to last. Wow. So, so let's let's add to their heartbreak. The um, the ASA, which stands for, I don't remember the something. It's a UK organization. I'm trying to find it. The Advertising Standards Authority. 
the ASA. Uh, they're the organization in the UK that's responsible for investigating uh, claims of false advertising. Oh. Um, is investigating the game because um, the Steam um, game description does not match the game. They are almost unrelated games. In fact, I am sitting here... 9, 10, 11, 12. There are 13 master claims against the game just from the Steam description. Wow. 13 so, master game, master claims. But they can get their money back, right? Because they have the, they have, they have within, the policy. Within a short window. Um, well, the one they have seen right away that it wasn't what it claimed? Yeah. Um, and and some people may have been able to get their money back, but if you pre-ordered, you're screwed because uh, you're outside of that that window. So you've spent your money, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, um, there are, there are lots of scenarios in which you're just out of luck. Um, they just have said their time was wasted too. Like yeah, there's that too. Um, so uh, until now, up until right this second, as we're speaking this moment, Hello Games which is a horrible studio name, <laughs> has not responded to anything. The only, only communication that we've gotten related to the game came from Sony, <laughs> where, where he said something to the effect of... Uh, uh, I understand some of the criticisms, especially Sean Murray is getting because he sounded like he was promising more features in the game from day one. That is as close to a comment from the studio as we've gotten uh, about any of the complaints. But that's going to have to change because both Hello Games and Valve are going to have to respond to the ASA on this. And if they are found to have been misleading customers in screenshots, in videos, in trailers, in product descriptions. Uh, they're going to be liable for money for a game that obviously will never pay for itself and is probably the studio's one and only title. Why can't we do this with movies, though? Yeah, okay. right? Can you? Could we like? Could we? Could we make a claim against like Batman versus Superman because it claimed to be good? <laughs> How about like Monsters Ball? Like I was totally blown. I was totally upset. There were no monsters in it. There was no ball. Like what? <laughs> totally false advertising. <laughs> totally. So you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish them luck, but then I want to be able to expand this to other media. Well, for this particular organization, you would have to be in the UK, but we do have our own version of the organization here, the one that forced Pepsi to sell that guy a stealth bomber. <laughs> so I, we do have our own version of the organization here. Uh, so, I mean, yes, that is always a possibility, I suppose, though, is it worth the time or effort? I don't know. No. <laughs> but, you know, in this case, it's it's simply... Uh, a, a matter of going to their website, putting in a claim, and moving on with your day. So this is likely to come down on them uh, pretty hard. And honestly, 
based on based on what we saw and when you know when we go to to E3 and we see trailers you always look at it and go yeah sure it's of course it's not going to actually look like that we're not none of us are stupid we don't we know it's not going to look like that but we also expect uh, that human's eyes will be in a straight line across and that the face will look like a human face or that a dinosaur a T-Rex will look like a T-Rex and not like it is melting and in the case of this game it's the melting T-Rex that's the kind of thing that you're finding in this game when the trailers were photorealistic frightening so I I have a feeling this one's going to win especially since it's the UK and they seem to like prosecuting on stuff like this so insult to injury yeah right uh, for a company who is obviously whose pride has already been wounded and will therefore not even talk about the game publicly anymore how much does it cost to develop a game like this it's a, a lot, lot right? yeah it's, a lot I mean, of money so they're out they'll yeah. lose their money yeah, yeah that's the end of the studio there's there's no way this studio survives this game and that's it's always sad but you know when you put this kind of lack of effort into something it's gonna happen to you so anyway um we will obviously keep you posted on developments in the story uh, i don't think it will take long because i can't imagine this investigation will be difficult This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or, you know, let the professionals do it for you because they're the ones who get paid to do it. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies. From blockbusters to... It's taking a while to load, so I don't know what this is going to be called. Oh, this is an ad for Carnival of Souls. There we go. They have a little bit of everything. Uh, let's go from uh, Attack from Space. There's a silly name. <laughs> anyway, the way it normally works is for 3 or $4, you download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever you happen to have the movie, and laugh. Of course, they sometimes mix it up, and they do live events. Their next one is the one I just mentioned, Carnival of Souls. It is uh, going to be Halloween. Uh, it's what October 27th and 31st I believe uh, it should be a tremendous amount of fun because their live events are always fun plus they have short films those terrible little short movies you saw in school or uh, industry films like I keep talking about the horrifying one about the spring it'll keep you up at night um, <laughs> Ah. Anyway, so to find out what short films are available, to find out what movie riffs you can download, or to find out what theaters uh, Carnival of Souls will be in, you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. I'm going to have to figure out how to send you the spring one. So oh no! <laughs> Help me! <laughs> To, or at least a oh, screenshot from it so you can see, see the horror at least a screenshot so you can <laughs> see the horrifying character that I keep referencing anyway um, 
Microsoft might protect you from the spring. No. Um, <laughs> not that. Something else will protect you. Yeah, they're going to try and protect you from the scary internet and not the scary, horrifying spring that was supposed to sell springs. Um, at their conference this week, they uh, talked about a new feature called Windows Defender Application Guard that is designed to keep an application more than just sandboxed which is how uh, all of the Windows 10 applications run natively on your device. They all run within their own little personal application space, but uh, there's still the ability to store information to the device. And when it comes to the internet, there's lots of information coming to you that you have no control over. There's you know cookies and stuff that get stored maliciously. There are ads that look like there for one thing but end up just installing crap on your computer there's just flash or um, javascript exploits that can do damage to your computer all of those things uh, exist on the web and there's little way around them until now uh, the idea of the windows defender application guard is that the application instead of running just in a sandbox it will run in a virtual machine on your computer. So that means that the information that is downloaded and stored from the web is stored within a secondary computer on your computer so that if it's going to damage something, it's going to damage this little virtual machine that gets destroyed every time you close Edge. Now, of course, with big enhancements like this, with big security protections, always come drawbacks. In this case, it means that if there's a website with a checkbox for remember me, nope, not going to work, outside of your session. Once you close the browser and come back, that is going to be gone because the virtual machine is destroyed. The cookies yep. will not stay. Yep, no cookies. Yeah, so... No passwords either, right? Is that, that true? Yeah, so it's it's not going to be able to store passwords. It's not going to be able to remember me. It's not going to be able to do any of that stuff because as soon as you close the browser, that computer is destroyed. It no longer exists. And when you open Edge again, it's going to come up inside of a whole new computer that is clean like it's never been turned on before. So it will not know who you are. It will not care who you are. And that's where the protection comes from, but it's also where the annoyances will come from. Now, it's important to note that this is not going to be a standard feature. This is not something that they're going to turn on by default. This is not even necessarily something that will be available on all versions of Windows 10. Uh, it may just be professional enterprise because they're specifically targeting the feature to high-risk locations, financial institutions, doctor's offices and hospitals, places like that where uh, if the browser were to gain access to the computer, frightening information becomes available, right? Ask Target how all of that works. Uh, this could help prevent things like the Target and the Home Depot credit card breaches and things like that because the internet, the, the web, and the software, the computer, will be independent, which is a really important step. Now, is it something that you're going to want to use on your home computer? Probably not, because there are 
speed problems with it and things like because it's booting up a whole computer every time you open the browser not for each tab but every time you open edge basically it's running in its own computer so it's going to take a little longer to run it's not going to render stuff quite as fast but it's going to be super secure but then what happens if you need to upload something or download something you're out you can't you absolutely can um from they haven't talked about it in great detail but uh you can access so in windows 7 there was a feature called windows xp mode yeah i I, I know i've used it and so for for those of you at home who may not have ever encountered this it was particularly for using older software on the newer operating system um you know we we all saw if you tried to use old stuff on Vista what happened and so Microsoft tried to create a scenario in which you could go back a couple of steps and run old software so they had this XP mode which as far as visually was concerned your application opened and you moved on with your day but it was actually running in a Windows XP virtual machine behind the scenes which you could access manually if you wanted to you shouldn't but you could the Windows XP virtual machine had indirect access to the computer. So you could uh, theoretically upload and download if they're implementing it in a similar fashion. You could upload or download. It's just going to be a multi-step process instead of a single-step process. So does this sort of work like, I assume this is going to sort of work like uh, Oracle VirtualBox, which I use all the time, uh, where... You know, except that they're not going to show you the whole operating system. They're just going to right. show you Edge. Exactly. Right? So you're not going to see a new start, another start menu and all that other stuff. Right. Um, I think, you know, obviously this is this is good for for security, uh, but... Uh, it's definitely I, good for who it's designed for. But I hope no place I work makes me use it. <laughs> because, <laughs> because it sounds like a real, a real pain in the butt. There's always a trade-off between... Yeah security and uh, convenience before, and convenience and or, or, or features like when I'm yeah it frustrates like all the sandboxing frustrates me to no end because you know yeah so they're trying to protect you from yourself from downloading something bad or whatever but at the same time you know if you sandbox an app then how do you write utilities that control other apps you know so you you sandbox your browser Maybe your browser can't do the cool things that like you'd like your browser to do. Um, they didn't. I don't think they said. But how does this how does this work with things like your webcam, with browser-based webcam things? Is going to be able to do that? No telling. You know. So I know. I know that uh, in using what was the XP mode, the Windows Virtual Machine Manager, because it was before. It was before Hyper-V. Uh, so the Windows Virtual Machine Manager, uh, if you had hardware plugged into the physical computer, it could be accessed by the by the virtual machine. Also, But that doesn't uh, mean it will be here. One thing I think you, you didn't mention is that you will, your computer will need to support uh, virtualization and hardware. Yeah, you'll ha- it'll have to support Hyper-V. Which... Most, I think most Intel chips do. It would be, it would be pretty difficult f- to find a computer capable of running Windows 10 
that wouldn't support Hyper-V at this point. I think, does Adam, I think Adam doesn't. Am I right? I don't know. Uh, but, but anyway, anything a business would have would run it. I'm looking that up now because I'm actually kind of curious. Uh, and, and at least something, um, a computer that would have enough access to the network and secure information is going to be running on a full computer and not like an atom processor or something like that. I see a question here from 2009 where somebody's talking about running Hyper-V server on an Intel atom processor. So that's a pretty good sign. Oh, okay. I, I have no idea if the answer came out true or not, but they're at least, <laughs> they're at least having the conversation in 2009. So that's, that's a pretty good time frame, I think. Uh, so yeah, it, but like you said, it's not going to run on everything. It's not going to be even an option on everything. It will be an option on most things, but not everything. It is not for everybody, and it is going to have convenience and performance hits. But if you are that financial institution that's trying to prevent, you know, uh, a hack or something like that, or your Target or Home Depot and trying to prevent the disaster that was their uh, their credit card breaches or you're a doctor's office or a hospital, you know, all of those places, that is where this is designed for. And it's, it's great to see trying new things. Is this the thing that ends up being the final solution to the problem? I don't know. Uh, but when a company or developer starts going down a different path from normal, that's the thing that inspires the ultimate goal. I know when I was building, I was building a, a tool for here in the office for testing the battery life of Bluetooth speakers. And I was, I had it in my head that it was going to work a certain way. Uh, it was going to stream music to the Bluetooth speaker and it was going to work similar to the tool that we built for laptop mag, right? That it was going to count every once in a while. And then at some point it would know that it was done, but it was going to check. Am I connected via Bluetooth? Am I connected via Bluetooth? Well, it turns out on windows phone, that's a difficult task to accomplish, but that's the thing I was going down. What I didn't think about was that when the Bluetooth speaker turns off, the music stops playing. So I could just ask, am I still playing music? (laughs) Which was super easy to do. And somebody, somebody said something that wasn't that and wasn't my idea, but it made me think in a whole new way, and that's what led me to the solution <laughs> that I, we have now been using in the office for like two and a half years. <laughs> that's great. So is this the thing that is the, the end-all, be-all of Internet security? Probably not, but it's going to send a whole bunch of people down new paths thinking about new ideas that may end up with the cool thing that sticks well this might also actually lead to uh more of a use case and need for multi uh multi-core processors like you know i i i mean obviously everybody's got dual core and quad core sure and some have octa core and, and higher but 
you know, this might actually say, hey, we need more cords and we need more threading because virtualization would really benefit from that. The computer over here to my right that's running the show is an eight core processor. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty difficult to do this show on anything less, it turns out. But but yeah, the, the, the ability to do these bigger, more advanced tasks simultaneously certainly will start leading to to more core usage and there therefore maybe solving the computer industry's concern that computers aren't selling anymore yeah no, i mean because that's one of those things right i mean how many how many apps actually use all four cores or eight cores right you know not a lot some but not a lot so yeah. it, here's something that's like hey you, you really need some you know, for this this browser might be using a core you know a core or two by itself yeah you you definitely need some more power behind the behind the wheel so um obviously once it once it premieres to the world i imagine both of us will be trying it out uh no doubt to see it in action for our respective things uh yeah. so we will definitely uh keep the world apprised on how it works as it makes its way into the light This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Groove Music. 40 plus million tracks available to stream to your device right now. And it doesn't matter whether you have Windows 10, 8, or Windows Phone, an Xbox One, an Xbox 360, iOS, Android, or you just have a web browser, including the uh, virtualized edge. You can stream unlimited for $9.99 a month. And more importantly, you can also download unlimited on up to three devices so that when you're in a place with no internet like an airplane, it's not a problem. You have the ability to uh, listen to your music. Plus, of course, like we talked about last week, it also gives you the ability to not have to use your, your limited data on your services. Hooray! So that's great, too. Uh, to get your 30-day uh, free trial... Or to find out uh, uh, about the, the monthly or the annual subscriptions, you can go to f5live.tv slash group. I always forget about that that limited data benefit of pre-downloading all your music because I have an employee plan, so my <laughs> I just I don't think in those terms anymore. Anyway, so speaking of uh, streaming. Let's talk about video streaming instead. Since before Twitch was Twitch, when it was just in TV, uh, the platform has been based on advertising, as most content on the internet is. Um, obviously, mid-roll ads are the the traditional way to deal with live streamed content. If you remember when we were before we were on live stream and we were using UStream instead. Uh, we would have mid-roll ads show up in our in our show. Thank goodness we don't have that anymore. Uh, but that was that was a benefit of something that we did, which isn't how Twitch has worked. For Twitch, if you didn't want to see ads, you had to pay to turn it off. Which, depending on the size of your audience, can certainly change things, right? So for Twitch, it was nine dollars a month to get rid of the ads for us 
you know, for live stream is like $1,500 a month and everybody gets it. So, I mean, it depends on <laughs> how things work, right? So, uh, in this case, for $9 a month, a particular user could get rid of ads on every stream they watched, which is kind of nice. Now, Twitch, for a couple of years, has been part of Amazon. And we kind of knew that Amazon was eventually going to start putting Amazon-y type things into the Twitch world. Th there was kind of no doubt that they would eventually Amazon it up, but hopefully <laughs> not in the way that they uh, um, ruined their audiobooks. That <laughs> hopefully they would whatever they did to Twitch would be for the better. And so what they did uh, announced at TwitchCon this week was that the premium tier, that $9 a month paid advertising go away plan is dead. It is no more as of now. Bye-bye. But you can still watch Twitch without ads if you're an Amazon Prime customer. So they have just put another benefit into their $100 annual Prime subscription. So now, in addition to the free shipping and the instant video and Amazon Music, there's Twitch Prime. Which kind of makes me wonder, how does, Tw how does Prime work for Amazon? So this is an interesting question. Obviously, at some point, they probably try and charge more money for Prime. Like they did a couple um, years ago. Yeah. Um, this is the first year that I've had Prime that I paid for it. And I, I got it. I mean, admittedly, once every couple of years, I would sign up for the 30-day trial and say, because I really need to buy a bunch of stuff. Uh -huh. Sure. <laughs> and I signed up for it last year because I really wanted to watch Man in the High Castle. Uh, by the way, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, you know, I realized, you know, it was pretty cool being able to order stuff and have it come. And then there were a few good shows on there and it was like, Oh, and the, just like the confluence of all the different things that you get with prime. Uh -huh. I don't know if any one of them was worth it. You know, like getting the shipping is great. Getting the, the, getting their, uh, video channel, which while not white as good as Netflix actually has some stuff that Netflix doesn't have studio, studio 60 on the sunset strip. Well, I mean, even beyond example. that, like this month, apparently I was just looking, they're getting specter to watch for free. So if you didn't watch oh. that, which I haven't yet, you can watch specter and the last two hunger games movies. Uh, and they have the new terminator movie, uh, perhaps not worth paying to watch, but you know, there you go. If you already have access to it, it might be worth watching. I did watch it. Uh, you know, seeing as how I was already paying for it, didn't feel so bad. Um, so, you know, they have a lot of things going for it. But I think one thing that Amazon gets is you're going to buy stuff from Amazon more when you're committed to Amazon, right? So there has there have been times when I need to get something. And in past, I might have gone to another online store like a new egg or someplace like that, that I, sure. that I like that I like and, and, and bought it there. But now that I have the prime shipping, it's like, Oh, well, this other place might be a little cheaper than Amazon or the same price or whatever, but man, I'm not to pay for shipping. 
and I'm already paying 99 bucks for this Amazon thing. I better use it. And I'm so, going to get it in two days. You know, I better use it. So I think that they're getting to the point where, you know, even if, I mean, at some point they're probably going to try and make more milk it for more actual cash up front. But you have to think that the benefits that Amazon has done the math and that people who have Prime buy more stuff on Amazon. Sure. That's that was my theory as well. So it's so they're got they're getting you coming and going. Uh and 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 honestly, like, you know, that you invested ninety nine dollars and you want to get your use out of it. Right. So like now that I invested it, like, oh well, I better order some stuff on Amazon, you know? So uh, I better watch some of these movies. So, you know, it definitely puts you more when you have skin in the game and you paid for this. It definitely makes you more wanna wanna use it. So keeps you in their uh, ecosystem. So you know, just for that, if this drives more Prime membership for them, uh, then it's good for them. Sure, and that was my theory too. Was that. Basically, you were paying to have them advertise to you to remind you that you spent money and you should use it <laughs> because it stays in your head. The fact that you've spent that $99 sticks in your head. And like you said, when you go to buy something, your first thought is, well, I should take advantage of this thing I purchased. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so you know, maybe they did the math and maybe they figured out that the acquisition of somebody into Prime is worth a lot more than nine dollars a month sure which actually ends up being about the same right because yeah give or take give or take right maybe it's 108 dollars or something like that but you know you could uh, you could sign up for an annual thing for twitch as well which worked out to about the same the same price it was like signing up for for groove right you sign up for 12 months and you don't pay for two of them it's the same kind of thing so if they drive people into Prime, you know, why do they have Prime Day? I mean, right. I have to say the deals on Prime Day were this year were not very good. But they had why to they have, have an, they had to have been like better than last year uh, when the the most memorable thing that they had was that big oil drum of lube. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing that I remember. Anyway, point point being, they're trying to drive. They're trying to drive it. So it makes it makes perfect sense to me that Amazon is going to keep trying to drive people into Prime. It's a brilliant strategy. It works really well, um, and it works out really well for Twitch people because if you if you think about the fact you know that the average age of somebody who watches that you know watches other people play games on Twitch, there's going to be a lot of college students who get it for the $19 instead of the 99 who don't necessarily even sign up for that. Uh, so that's just another, another opportunity for Amazon to remind people, Hey, Amazon. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, it's at this point it's good. It's good for all, you know, of course it's another area where Amazon is dominating, but yeah. I think they're also trying to compete against, you know, YouTube, who has kind of tried to put their hooks into the into the market. Obviously, Twitch had the market ahead of time, but YouTube is trying to to get some success in that area, too. And so if if Amazon can make Twitch more appealing to viewers 
to not have ads and not have to pay because you're already getting it in your, you know, college tuition or, you know, whatever, then great. They can make Google spin their wheels for essentially no benefit, which I think is Amazon's goal a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Google is a competitor to them. Absolutely. Especially in that arena. Anyway, so that's our show. Thank you to uh, those of you who joined us live. Anybody who was in the chat room this evening, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, If you were not in the chat room, you can join us in the future. Normally Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern at f5live.tv slash join us. Next week will be one of our exceptions, however, as we will be on the air on Saturday afternoon with first looks instead of F5 Live. Uh, where we will be at Roboticon, Tampa Bay 2016. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Danielle and Marissa will be uh, probably running the show together, which should be a tremendous amount of fun. We will be doing a lot from there. Uh, We might also be broadcasting on Facebook Live for uh, the, the games, the actual competition. So check that out. Check out Roboticon. We'll post about whatever it is that we are broadcasting. Uh, we're running all of the media for the event, which is uh, kept me up most nights this week. Anyway, so it's a pretty big undertaking that I'm a little concerned about. There's only a week left. It's okay. Anyway, so uh, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. And we will see you guys back in the studio in two weeks and back next week for First Looks. Ciao.